Welcome, friend. Follow me. We're going somewhere dark, somewhere dangerous. Most people would never dare enter the place we are going. There's no telling what horrors we'll find, what terrors we'll uncover. Don't say I didn't warn you. We might discover terrible monsters lurking there. Be careful, they could follow you out. Or maybe they're already inside you. Are you afraid? Good. Now you are ready to enter the Warning Woods. Yvette's psychic readings had an ideal location downtown. While it didn't have a Main Street storefront, it did face the large lot where most people parked when going about business downtown. Oftentimes, especially on weekends or later in the day, patrons of other businesses would stop into Yvette's purely out of curiosity or boredom. Yvette Fontaine was quite a character when she owned her little shop. Her personality was sure to keep customers inside, even if curiosity was all that brought them there. She dressed the part of a flamboyant spiritualist and floated gracefully about the shop with ribbons and frills trailing behind. She spoke mystically through an enchanting smile. In a TV interview after the incident that shut Yvette's psychic readings down for good, a former patron aptly described Yvette as spiritually seductive. She has a way of drawing you in, awakening some deep curiosity about the next world. Even if you aren't a particularly religious person, another said. It shocked everyone who had patronized Yvette's psychic readings to see her without any gaudy makeup and in a plain blouse and black pants when she appeared in court to testify. She looked like someone you might bump into at a coffee shop or the local library, not the eccentric psychic locals knew her as. News channels brought the televised trial national attention. If it weren't for all the press, Yvette might have been able to slip right back into society unnoticed. It's certainly what she would have preferred after witnessing, and allegedly causing, a murder. On Sunday, May 8th, 2019, Patrick Gray took his sister Wendy to Main Street. He wanted to distract her with some light shopping, and maybe a coffee or gelato. Wendy had been living with Patrick since her husband, Trey, had been killed in a violent car accident involving a semi and an icy interstate off-ramp. It had been Patrick's adopted duty to keep his little sister out of the dark depression she had been known to slip into since the tragedy. He still thought of Wendy as his little sister, even though they were both deep into their 60s. On that particular Sunday, the pair did stop for gelato in the little shop above Yvette's psychic readings. Yvette was performing an especially animated routine that afternoon, and the siblings heard her dramatic cries through the floor. You got some kind of schizo in the basement? Patrick asked the teenager behind the gelato counter. Leave it be, Wendy chided. She was in a rare good mood thanks to a pleasant afternoon and didn't want her brother ruining it with his offensive remarks. Sorry, that's just Yvette, the teenager answered with a shrug. She's the psychic who owns the shop below us. We can hear her sometimes, but she's alright, really. A psychic? Wendy asked. Patrick didn't like the glowing intrigue he heard in her voice. Yeah, she reads tea leaves and tarot cards and all that kind of stuff. It's actually kind of cool, the teenager replied. I'm sure, but we don't believe in that sort of thing, do we, Wendy? Patrick said, raising an eyebrow at his sister. Oh, I don't know, Patrick. It would be kind of fun to visit a psychic even if we don't really believe in it. 
She can be pretty convincing. She might just change your mind about that stuff, the teenager said, trying out a humorous tone. He regretted the choice immediately after Patrick gave him a stern glare. Wendy's eyes begged Patrick to give in. Besides the childlike desire he saw in them, Patrick recognized something else he was all too familiar with. He saw hope, precariously dangling over a pit of despair. Say the wrong thing, as he'd done countless times before, and her hope and happiness would fall down into that pit. It might be days or weeks before it climbed back out. All right, Patrick conceded. We can visit, but I don't want to go giving her all our money, got it? Wendy smiled and rose from her seat. The teenager directed the siblings to a flimsy door near the restrooms which led to a narrow staircase. As they descended, incense and sage assailed their nostrils. Patrick forced a dramatic cough and protest. They entered Yvette's psychic readings through a veil of colorful wooden beads. A teary-eyed young woman brushed past them and left through the back door to their left. Are you sure about this? Patrick asked Wendy. She didn't have any tears to spare on this nonsense, whether she knew it or not, he thought. Yes, yes, let's find... Wendy was interrupted as the colorfully dressed Yvette drifted around the corner. Greetings, she said wistfully. I thought I sensed two souls in search of answers. Just one, Patrick said dryly. Patrick, don't be rude, Wendy scolded. Yvette gave her a kind smile, then turned confidently to Patrick and said... You needn't hold that mask over your heart in here. You cannot hide your feelings from Yvette, but Yvette will treat them with care and respect. I'll be just as careful with your sister's feelings. Oh, great, Patrick grunted, but then he paused. Why had this woman assumed Wendy was his sister? They weren't far apart in age. Most people assumed they were married, not siblings. Wendy chimed in. The boy upstairs said you read cards and tea leaves? I do, Yvette replied. Those are ways I can glimpse the future. But I sense the future is not what interests you today, is it? Wendy tugged on Patrick's shirt and did a little hop on her toes. You're right. Oh, you're good. I'd like to speak with my husband. He passed away. Yvette raised a finger and closed her eyes. She stood like that for a few seconds before smiling at Wendy again. She motioned for her and Patrick to follow. You're in luck, she said. The pathways between our world and the next are especially clear today. Wendy practically dragged Patrick around the corner as they followed Yvette into the next room. She sat them down at a round table with a large candle in the center. Now we must join hands and ask your husband to find us. What is his name? Yvette asked. Wendy answered, Trey and took Yvette's outstretched hand. She offered her other to Patrick, who stared at it as if it were a dirty dish rag. Please, Patrick, Wendy begged. He saw that dangling hope in her eyes again. Begrudgingly, he took her hand. After receiving a stern glance from Yvette, Patrick took her hand as well. Yvette closed her eyes, tipped her head back, and said, Trey, your wife is here with me today. She would like to speak with you. Is there anything you would like to say to her? Patrick felt Wendy's grip tighten as she waited for an answer, but no answer came. It's not working, Wendy moaned. Patrick detected the hint of sadness that always affected her voice when she fell into depression. 
please, ma'am, can we give this up? My sister, she's... Yvette squeezed his hand hard, which made him stop. She whispered, have patience, he hears us. Another minute went by in silence. Wendy started to wiggle nervously in her chair. Patrick was about to speak up again when Wendy suddenly leaned forward. Trey? She nearly shouted. Trey, is that you? Yvette calmly asked, What are you feeling, dear? A hand. A hand touched my shoulder. I think it was him, Wendy said. Thank you for joining us, Trey, Yvette said in her mystical voice. What would you like to say to your wife? Shh, he's already talking to me, Wendy said. Yvette tipped her head and said, I'm sorry? I can hear him, Wendy whispered. He says it's beautiful, the next life. He says we'll be together again. My dear, I... But Wendy shushed her again. Patrick gave Yvette an accusatory glance. If you'd have listened to me, I would have told you she's in a delicate state, he said. Will you please tell her this is just a gimmick? It's not supposed to be real, is it? Yvette stammered and tried to release Wendy's hand, but Wendy wouldn't let go. No, she shouted. He's telling me all about the next life. He says he misses me. He wants me there. And in time you will be, dear. But for now, it's time to say goodbye. Yvette yanked her hand away from Wendy. Patrick tried to do the same, but her fingernails dug into his skin. The colors in the room changed. They became more vivid. Patrick noticed some colors he didn't even recognize. While the colors brightened, edges and details seemed to fade away. The world now appeared to be constructed of bright shapes rather than objects. What is this? He cried. What did she do to us? You have to let go, Yvette shouted. He heard her voice like it was coming from the entrance of a deep cavern. He turned to look at Wendy. She was the only thing he could still see clearly. Then he noticed the shape on the other side of her was moving. He could make out the hazy form of a man leaning toward his sister and whispering into her ear. You have to break the connection, Yvette's distant voice cried. Let go and bring her back. Patrick did as he was told. He pulled away from Wendy's hand. The material world rushed toward him as if he'd jumped off a skyscraper. Just when he expected impact, he realized everything had returned to normal. No, Wendy screamed. I was with him. He was right here. Wendy, it's time to, Patrick started to say, but Wendy unleashed a raging howl and stood so forcefully she knocked her chair backward. I have to join him, she seethed. She rushed over to a desk in the corner of the room and picked up an ivory-handled letter opener. As Yvette looked on, paralyzed with horror, Wendy pressed the tip of the letter opener against the side of her neck. Wendy! Patrick cried as he knocked over his chair and rushed toward her. She removed the dull blade from her neck to point it at Patrick instead. Stay back. I know what I need to do, she said. Patrick couldn't deny the hope he saw in her face, especially in her eyes. There was... Was it joy? I'm going to be with him again, with him forever, and you, she said, trailing off. Her gaze shifted from Patrick to the letter opener in her trembling, outstretched hand. Her next words came slowly, with meticulous precision, as if she were forming each one as she finished its predecessor. You can go there too. She lunged. Patrick tried to dodge but twisted his brittle ankle and fell. Wendy went down on top of him, bellowing like a lunatic. 
Yvette now shot up but remained frozen in place. She heard a horrific crunch as Patrick's head struck the edge of the table before he and Wendy finally hit the floor. Yvette! Someone yelled from the stairs. The teenager from the gelato counter entered the room to see Yvette, pale-faced, watching as Wendy sat up on top of Patrick's still body and pressed the bloodied letter opener against her jugular vein once again. The teenager acted quickly, coming up behind Wendy and grabbing her arm with one hand while he removed the letter opener with the other. He tossed it across the room, far from Wendy's reach. She howled and tried to wrestle herself free, but the boy managed to keep her restrained until the police came. Paramedics arrived shortly after the police. It took them all of three seconds to determine Patrick had died. He might have survived hitting his head, but the letter opener had been plunged into his heart when Wendy fell on top of him. Wendy had sent him to live in the odd, colorful world, after all. In the end, the jury found Wendy guilty of manslaughter. She will serve most of her sentence, if not all, in a psychiatric care facility. My sources tell me she remains under a 24-hour suicide watch to this day. I'm not sure those watching her understand something, though. They think she wants to die. But what Wendy wants, truly, is to be alive again. You made it out. Congratulations. If you enjoyed the story, please rate and review this podcast wherever you like to listen. Reviews are the best way to support the podcast and help it grow. You can also become a patron at patreon.com slash thewarningwoods. If you want more creepy content, including the images that accompany each story, follow me on Instagram at thewarningwoods. If you feel ready, meet me here next week for another journey into the warning woods. Thank you for listening.